Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, and that's Badass Wood Art. Remember to use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item at that'sbadasswoodart.com. And while you're here, please be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we're, we're looking to get to 3,000 subs here soon, and when we do, we'll be doing a giveaway, and everyone subscribed will be entered to win a custom skull piece by That's Badass Wood Art. Um, continuing the draft talk, the Viking talk, who better to bring on than Daniel House, gopher guru, uh, Vikings corner, you name it. He's the most plugged-in guy here in the Twin Cities when it pertains to, to, to gopher stuff and NFL draft stuff, too. I feel like we know you talk about gopher stuff, but you know so much about the rest of the, the college football landscape. And so how are you, first off? Um, and then we can get into the other stuff. Uh, doing well, guys. How's it going with you? Uh, I'm just ready for the draft. Like you said, I study so much at college football. Like it's part of it's part of the the process every week. So I get a good feel on a lot of different players. Absolutely, and and there are a few Gopher players this year into the draft. Obviously, the the biggest one that we can talk about. We can start there too. We saw him at the Senior Bowl, uh, center John Michael Schmitz, and I feel like I haven't heard a lot about him, and maybe that's just because. The Vikings don't really need a center after they retained Garrett Bradbury. But walk us through, you know, some of the gopher prospects and then kind of what your thoughts are that on them. Yeah, John Michael Schmitz is a rock solid prospect. I remember in 2019, he was rotating in at center. They had Connor Olson and John Michael Schmitz and he'd come in the game and it would just be like, man, there there's so many flashes in this guy's game. They run outside zone and he'd just be able to reach block with ease. And then he continued to refine that over time where it was like working on his arm, not extending out too far, keeping his arms tight, all the little detail things that Minnesota emphasized with him. He continued to progress over time. And I said, like, one of the things I, I like most about his game is his flexibility because he can reach block an outside zone, but he also is physical to drive you off the ball and dent you, you know, in the mid zone game, if you want to do that, uh, any type of scheme, really, he can play in. And Minnesota was pretty diverse with their rushing schemes as well. And in fact, I think you, know, you look at what Minnesota did schematically with their rushing schemes, it's very similar to what the Vikings did. And I'm not saying the Vikings are going to take a center, but I'm just saying that like schematically, there's a lot of similarities between them. So not just that, but also the ability in pass protection, too. Uh, he's able to anchor up. He wasn't tested as much in that area just because of Minnesota's offensive style, but I definitely got a feel for what he could do in the one-on-ones and different things that I was at in practice. So I see him being a rock solid prospect with the way the center class looks, just evaluating that and the free agent market. I think somebody will probably take him in the back half of the first round. I'd see like the New York giants potentially being a really good fit uh, if they want to go the center route. Yeah. House, we talk, we talk quite a bit and every time we talk about gophers, we're always, we're always talking about like some of the guys come up and coming and, John Michael Smith is one of those guys, but you, you kind of mentioned where you, you view him going at the end of the first, maybe early second. Do you think, what other fits do you think are there for him? Just because I think he might be that first center to come off the board and be a, a guy that can maybe fit multiple schemes. Yeah. I was looking at the back half of the first round, like Seattle makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll see what happens here with the Aaron Rodgers trade. If the jets are able to get a pick, I know they've done a lot of homework on John Michael Schmitz. Uh, the New York Giants as well. 
uh, those are a few teams that I could see in the in the back half there that would potentially be interested. Also Pittsburgh too. Pittsburgh's got a little tie there. The offensive coordinator Matt Canada, uh, he was an assistant uh, for PJ Fleck when he was playing at Northern Illinois. So there's oh. a tie there. They have, there's a little bit of insight, extra uh, you know homework done there just because of the. Uh, Matt Canada, PJ Fleck connection. So I would say those teams are a few that stand out. Uh, and they have, I think Pittsburgh's got the 32nd pick. So that, that would be a sweet spot potentially to be able to get him. But I, 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 I'm saying, I think he's going to go a little, maybe a little higher than people think just because of the way the center class is. It, it's just been kind of a weird process because for whatever reason, yeah, he was for sure locked in like the number one center prospect. And then like, yeah, the just, some other guys have gotten a lot more like clout uh, since the combine, like the the center from Ohio State, the center from uh, Wisconsin, Tipman. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just it's been a little mums the word on him. But um, yeah, ho- hopefully he, I, I I think he's the best center in the draft. So um, I'm hoping he makes it into the first. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up is last year when we had you on this show. You, you gave us a few nuggets on some guys that, honestly, I, I don't watch a ton of Gophers football, so obviously I don't know some of the deeper guys in the in, in the draft that they're pulling out here. But uh, like Otemawu, is that how you say his name? Yeah. You, you, you told us about him, and you told us about um, uh, Coquift, who ended up having a decent role down yeah. there for Tampa Bay. So who are some of those guys that are going to come on this year that potentially could have some of those impacts like those guys did this year. The sleepers, Thomas rush, and he tested like 95th percentile uh, among the linebackers. Uh, he played rush end in Minnesota's defensive scheme. So, you know, he, he doesn't have super long arms, but he's able to win with the explosiveness and you can do a lot of different things with him. He came into Minnesota's program. Uh, the vision was to be an off ball linebacker. He's a really good running back in high school, decided to move him to off-ball linebacker, then uh, made the transition to rush in, and COVID hit right as they were getting ready to make that position switch. So he comes back and doesn't have any coaching reps, hardly at all, and then decides, all right, now I'm going to play rush in and go right in and do it. So it definitely hurt his development in a sense because he had to catch up and just learn how to do it by getting thrown into the fire. But I see him being a rock solid type special teams player. You could use him as an off ball, use him, you know, mug him in the A gap. They moved him all over on third down just because he's so athletic and he's a very smart player. Uh, someone who had a lot of interest from the Ivy League schools back in the recruiting process. So if you're looking for an athletic, versatile player that could be used in a lot of different blitz packages, honestly, guys, like like Brian Flores type of scheme, Thomas Rush is someone that could be very uh, interesting in, in that system. Did he not get an invite to the combine? I was kind of surprised by that. He did not get an invite to the combine. He was at the NFL PA bowl. He had a nice week uh, out there and then uh, also put together really good testing numbers at the pro day as well. Figured he would, he was, he was joking with me. He said that uh, he had a bet with boy, fan who was going to run a faster 40. So they're like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know. We'll see. Boy is a tough bar to bar to reach. Yeah. But honestly, it wasn't that far off. So, I mean, you look at you look at what he was able to do and improve over the course of his career with some of the circumstances he faced. Uh, I could see him being somebody that that teams like just as a special teams player, developmental sub package type of guy. There's a corner, and the name is escaping my mind. But you and Miles, have been kind of, yep. Okay, let let's hear it. Let's hear it. 
Yeah, Terrell Smith, he he has a cool story, you guys, because he came in right away and he played quite a bit. And mm-hmm. then there was a log jam at, at corner. They brought in, you know, Benjamin St. Juice was there and he ended up becoming a solid NFL player. And Terrell Smith had to just improve his game, continue to get better. The coaching staff challenged him. And, you know, in this transfer portal landscape, he stuck it out. And he said, what can I do to get better? How can I improve? And then you watch this season, how much progress he made. He had all the traits, you guys. I mean, very, very fast. A track guy. He had a 10-3-2 personal best 100 meter in Georgia in track. And then he applied that at the combine, running a 4-4-1, 10-yard split. So the speed, acceleration, the length are there. But the big thing that he spent a lot of time improving was his flexibility. Big stretch, stretching routine that he went through to improve that. Minnesota's coaching staff challenged him in that area. And then they wanted to see him get better with his physicality, you know, tackling, becoming consistent in that area. And then last year we saw that being able to improve in that specific area. So, you know, I think he's someone that can play in a lot of different schemes. Minnesota ran, you know, zone concepts. He was able to get tested a little bit in man. You know, Minnesota's probably more of a zone heavy scheme overall. But, you know, he's able to, you know, play in any type of scheme that you're looking for. But the physicality and the length and those traits, you could potentially develop him into a solid like boundary press man type of corner or use him as a zone corner as well. So the flexibility is the big thing that he spent a lot of time working on. I think that's very important for corners mm-hmm. So to see him make progress in that area is, is definitely encouraging. And I think, you know, he helped himself in the pre-draft process, perform really well at the East West Shrine Bowl. I was impressed with what he was able to do lean and locating on vertical balls is something that he also got a lot better at over the course of time you know you watch where he was at as as a freshman in here to where he is now and everything in between where he could have potentially transferred I think that says a lot about him that he stuck it out and then you know is now uh, on the cusp of of a solid NFL career here yeah I was gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if uh if a zone a zone heavy team was more interested in him than man just more because of that lack of flexibility and the lack of um, he's got that deep speed and he, he can be that, he could be a guy that, that can, that, that won't get beat too deep mm-hmm. too often, but he's also a guy that probably struggles in transition and, and struggles with that, with that flexibility, as you saw in some of the testing, that straight line speeds there, but kind of like a Trey Waynes, it's some of the other, the other stuff that he, he, he's not, not quite there yet, but I think with improvement, but I could see a team that, that, that plays a little bit more zone heavy, having a little bit more interest in a team that that might be more man specific. Yeah, I would agree with that based on, you know, Minnesota's defensive scheme, because, you know, they're running, you know, cover three, cover two, quarters, a lot of that stuff. And, and, you know, they're not a heavy man coverage type of team. They mix it up a lot. They do a lot with disguises. So, you know, Terrell Smith last year, he was a key player. I mean, they're going to have big Mm -hmm. shoes to fill replacing him because he took that big of a leap forward. And that's what you want to see guys improve over the course of their career. And definitely saw that from Terrell Smith. Let's talk about a couple of the other uh, prospects for the Gophers before we switch over to just Vikings talk more. Uh, The safety, Jordan Howden, and also uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, the running back who put up, you know, remarkable numbers with the Gophers. Mm -hmm. Curious to see, you know, kind of your evaluation of him and where he might go in the NFL draft. Yeah, Mohamed Ibrahim's an interesting 
prospect to project just because he didn't do any athletic testing throughout the whole process. But you fire up the film and you look and see what he was able to do here at Minnesota in a high volume offense. I mean, that's another layer as well. Like how our team's going to look at the fact he was used heavily, suffered that Achilles injury. However, when you when you look at him and you interview him and you go through how he's built and what he's about, that's something that I think NFL teams will really like. He's dedicated. He's a unique leader. Uh, I like the trait that's so noticeable with Mo is his feel. Like he sets, he presses the hole and lets blocks develop and then is able to like find that crease and redirect and then maintain balance through contact. He's one of the best running backs uh, that Minnesota's had and just being able to stay on his feet when he's initially hit and the vision to be able to see the field. He understands the game at a very high level, and I think that will probably show during the interview process. He improved in pass protection over the course of his career as well. He's not a home run hitter, but he's a very methodical runner. He's the type of guy you want to bring in the game in an NFL squad where it's the fourth quarter, the defense is gassed, and you want to just say slash and go you know, run through guys, a bowling ball type of runner. That's who Mo is. And and someone like I could see Bill Belichick just falling in love with <laughs> Mo because of his style, you know, what yes. he's all about. And, you know, you you watch the East West Shrine Bowl. They're spending a lot of time with him there, seeing what he could do as a receiver because he didn't have a lot of that at Minnesota. Did well in that category, performed very well as a receiver at his pro day, too. So it's a tough projection, especially when you look at the running backs. I've been evaluating the running backs and going, there are a lot of really good running backs in that five, yes. fifth to seventh round range. And so there'll be a log jam and it just comes down to personal preference on, on a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think he'll be a good, a good back in the NFL. I think some team is going to get a steal um, at least for a couple of years. I think he'll, he'll be serviceable. I missed it. Did he run? Did he run at his pro day? He didn't do any athletic testing. He didn't do anything throughout the whole process, just on-field workouts at the scouting combine and the pro day. So that's why I think makes that projection of where he's going to go a little more difficult. I feel like he's got to be an undrafted guy, just age. And I, I like, I like Mo, but that there is a huge question to me, at least of what that initial burst and speed um, and how it can translate to the next level. But I mean, teams. teams I mean, know and, how to track track that speed too. But and there and there's a lot of guys who are very very productive in the NFL who go undrafted as well, especially at that For, position. Oh, so hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's yeah, not absolutely. one of those things too where you're watching his film and he's trying to bounce everything outside. Like I always look at runners. Like are are they decisive? Do they have feel? Are they able to That's you know point. read the read the blockers? Let everything set up. Those guys that are able to get downhill and read the defense, they're more successful when they translate if they don't have those traits maybe that are elite. That's where Mo, I think, can carve out a good NFL career just because of his his vision, feel for the game. He, remind, really he reminded me a lot of um, Samaj P. Ryan when he was coming out of Oklahoma. I mean, just again, not not necessarily a burner, but a guy who just knows where, where to go, a smart football player, can catch the ball, can pass, protect. And you look, I mean, he just got a decent contract from the Broncos. He, I mean, obviously he didn't start his career great at, in Washington. Uh, I think that was more dysfunction uh, of the team than the player itself, but, you know, carved out a nice role. I mean, pushed Joe Mixon for carries and whatnot in, in Cincinnati. And now it's going to go, you know, play, basically play, you know, one B to Javante Williams. So we'll see, we'll see. I think Ibrahim uh, can, 
definitely have a good career. Um, Matt did mention a one last gopher player that I actually, I, he kind of popped out to me a bit at the, at the combine was Howden um, at safety tested. Well, athletic, more athletic than I thought. Obviously I think it's like Tyler Newbin. A lot of people thought he was going to come out and he is probably the better prospect, but how, you know, so often maybe was in the shadow of, of Newbin, but how's Howden's game? What can he bring to an NFL team? Cool story comes in. He was a cornerback in high school, played a little safety, but you know, had background in both. Minnesota decided to offer him a walk-on opportunity, takes it, comes here from the Las Vegas area, and then bursts onto the scene, earns a scholarship, gets better every single year. You know, you watch where he was at, you know, in 18 and 19 when he was seeing extended time. It was like, man, this game looks so fast for him. Like he's got to adjust. But then the game slowed down for him. He got stronger. He improved his tackling skills. And then everything just clicked. And he was a huge part of what Minnesota does, just disguising in the back end. You know, his route recognition is really good. He has nice instincts. Uh, good change of direction as well. You look at the max acceleration and deceleration stuff from the Shrine Bowl. He's definitely in a good spot there. Ran a 4.49 at the Combine. Improved his vertical jump from a 33.5 to 39.5 at his pro day. He reminds me of a more explosive Chuck Clark who was with the Ravens, just got traded to the Jets. Um, you know, he can play a lot of different roles for you because he's very good in coverage. So you can align him over the slot. You can play him at single high. He's showing the ability as a tackler, improved in that area over the course of his career. But he's a very underappreciated player when you look back at Minnesota's defense and what he was able to do, you know, within the scheme. Uh, Newbin got all the love and I mean rightfully so because I mean he's going to be one of the top safeties in the draft next year I was just at practice going man uh, Newbin Newbin is going to be a big problem this year and he'll be a guy that a lot of people are looking at in the next year's draft so Minnesota's done a nice job of, of developing defensive backs in recent years I mean you go back and look at some of the guys that have come out of there Antoine Winfield Jr. Benjamin St. Juiced a lot of those guys are, have been, had long, successful careers, you know, and they look like they're going to continue to be in the league for a while. I also wanted to mention, too, uh, Mariano Sorimarin. I mean, he he surprised okay. me with how he tested at, at his pro day as well. He ran a 4.62, had a nice shuttle time as well, 70th percentile athlete, very smart player, and someone that reminds me a lot of just the makeup of Jack Gibbons who ended up being a UDFA in Tennessee and saw starting action at the end of last year. He's someone who could potentially be a special teams back end roster type of player. Uh, Tanner Morgan's got some interest from NFL teams as a backup. You know, these, these teams are looking at experience right now, especially after this Brock Purdy situation last year, where he just burst onto the scene going, what did we miss? And experience is the thing that's come up a lot you know, when teams are talking about quarterbacks and Tanner, you know, he's, he's unique in the sense that like PJ wanted him to be a coach so bad, like, and it probably will happen down the road, but his smarts and what he could bring to a quarterback room. If this quarterback, you know, third quarterback thing becomes a reality, there's more quarterback volume out there. Everybody's looking for a smart player who can be like a coach. And Tanner's definitely, you know, showing he can do that. The last one too is Chuck Filiaga. Uh, Chuck Filiaga is a right guard. He transferred uh, from Michigan to Minnesota, started at right guard. And he's 6'5", 321. He had a 29-inch vertical jump, a 7'6", 7'3", cone, and a 5'2", 6", 40-yard dash. He was 8'7", 5", in the Raz out of 10. 
And the big thing is 83 and a half inch wingspan, 95th percentile among holy shit. Among interior <laughs> offense for, for a guard, for a guard too. Yeah, 34 and a half inch arms uh, as a guard. I mean, you I remember going to practice going, this this dude could play like tackle, but he's so he has the frame, he's like wide body guard with long arms. Like he will get a camp invite and someone will see what they can unlock. Minnesota's unique in their O-line development. They really study eye progression. They have cameras set up during the games, like in different spots, to watch the eyes of how you know, they set up blocks and where they're going next and all this different stuff. And that seems to give offensive linemen an edge when they're transitioning. So keep an eye on him uh, as a potential, you know, camp competitive roster invite kind of guy. Well, I mean, with the, just the way the NFL is too, these defense alignment are getting longer and longer arms as well at, at the D tackle position. Right. So to have that, that skill, or, I mean, that, physical ability literally physical um because a lot of uh, interior offense linemen they have short arms and that's where they're mm -hmm. that's why they struggle against yeah. now these chris joneses of the world and the keanu bentons who are coming out of the world like that's where you know some struggles gonna be so spe speaking of keanu benton you know obviously you watch a lot of big 10 right mm -hmm. uh just given the all the gopher connection here who are some of the different big 10 uh, and obviously it's very broad, but some uh, interesting prospects that are coming out of the Big Ten that potentially could be really good fits for Viking needs that we have right now. Yeah, I think you mentioned one of them in Keanu Benton. I mean, you watch the Wisconsin That's games. Good. And Dude, I'll buy his jersey if we get him. I, I'm not even joking. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love Keanu Benton. I, I fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl and uh, just been watching a lot of his tape. I just think there's so much potential there. Uh, well, and you to... look at what Wisconsin does schematically, you know, with the tight fronts and all the stuff that they do there, it will it would be very applicable to Brian Flores' scheme here yes. with, with the Vikings. And he's so explosive, long defensive tackle who can push the pocket, give you some value, you know, because of his lateral agility. He moves really well. I remember watching uh, film going through getting ready for Wisconsin and immediately I'm like, Keanu Benton's the best player on the field, like almost instantly. And it was even as a young player, I was like, I got my eye on this guy. Yeah. So if Minnesota, I believe one of the most important things here is to improve and consistently produce interior push. So I would say, you know, within those first three picks, the Vikings will definitely take an interior defensive tackle that you know can help in that capacity and fit into what they're doing uh, schematically you mentioned other big 10 guys i am very very i don't know why there is not more buzz around Corey trice the corner from purdue i think he's going mm. to be a rock solid player i i actually would rank him in the top 10 among the cornerbacks right now length size excellent lower body power so physical and you can get him on the line of scrimmage let him press away good flexibility to change direction and, and trigger downhill. He's actually a safety coming into Purdue converted to corner. And you look at the testing numbers, right? A four, four, seven at six, three, two Oh six, four Oh six shuttle in the 91st percentile. Good three cone as well. Uh, leans and locates and plays receivers really well, right into the boundary. And he's not just a heavy, you know, man corner. He can drop into zone and close on the football because of his, you know, quick twitch athleticism and, there's a lot of traits that you can unlock. I, re I remember going, 
from 2021 to 22, I saw a lot of growth from Trice. So, you know, another player who has consistently improved over the course of his career would be a nice All fit right. in the Vikings defensive scheme. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very bullish on, on Corey Trice. And I thought plug any, in the any, tape on that one. I'm excited. He I know, reminds I have, me, guys, I haven't even he heard of his name of a young Xavier Rhodes. Okay. That that's what I, I would say when I was watching him. I'm down for that. I, yes. I'm definitely going to go take a look. Are there are there some? So obviously, wide receiver is probably the biggest need right now on the Vikings. Absolutely. Um, um, roster. Are there any Big Ten wide receivers or just? We don't even have to stick to the Big Ten, Daniel. You know so yeah. much about college football. Who? Let's just go broader. Who are some prospects that you love for the Vikings this year? That- I tell you, I love studying receivers, so this is right in my wheelhouse. I we talk a lot, House. We always talk about receivers. <laughs> we always talk about receivers and corners, me and Miles, yeah. via, via the DMs. But, you <laughs> know, Josh Downs, for me, I would put him at wide receiver, too. And I know that's an extremely hot take, but I love what he's about. Smooth, sudden, crafty receiver, excellent ball skills for a guy that's 5'9", 171, Last year, 72% contested catch rate. And I like how he attacks leverage, varies the tempo of his routes, accelerates in and out of breaks. Very efficient mm-hmm. and intentional mover when you watch him. You can get him going off those choice routes and just let him create. And I also think that there's a lot of untapped potential there that maybe could be maximized in, a, in an NFL system where they're able to get him a lot of manufactured touches, but also get him good matchups. Like you look at what the Vikings need is, is a Josh Downs type of player. That's just a technician that can get open, create after the catch, get the ball out to him in space. But the ball skills is what I love. When you watching a smaller receiver like that, you don't see guys that can attack the football like that. I remember Josh Downs was getting so much buzz entering last season and now it's fallen off a bit where it's, you know, I don't feel like he's he's being discussed as much where, uh, you know, he could potentially be a very, very good NFL player. And I, I just don't see a lot of flaws, you know, when I watch him play. There's, there's obviously room to grow as a route runner and continue getting better there, but that's the case with a lot of, of receivers coming out. So, like where Josh Dell, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, like, and maybe, maybe I missed – what kind of comp do you have for Josh Downs? Because he he kind of is a little bit of an outlier in that he's 5'9", 170. He's not like he's – so I know he has outside flexibility. I When I watch him, I see a little more like a slot at the next level, which isn't – I I know that connotation gets a negative – it gets a negative connotation, but it shouldn't because right. of the way the NFL deploys offenses now. But like what kind of like comp do you have for a guy like Josh Downs? You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I I would say a blend between uh, Santana Moss and Santonio Holmes. Ooh, those are some okay. throwback names. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's a couple that I had while I was while I was watching them. I mean, drops were a little bit of a problem in 2021, but he cleaned it up this year, looked better in that area. So, you know, I don't know. I just think that he's a rock solid player. In in rap, she tweeted it yesterday. He did not have any pre-draft visits lined up. I mean, lucky guy too, man. <laughs> I had, I heard, to I had some, of that. some people too that his pro day was impressive. Like it was crisp, detailed. Yeah. It looked really, really good. And that just it just tells you a lot when there's no pre-draft interviews. I think that's that's. I mean, people probably overblow the pre-draft interview process, but 
that was just telling to me that the teams think he's pretty clean. Downs um, had the, the really good play. shuttle, right? Really good shuttle, really good three yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, real quick, on mock draftables, you know who uh, a name that is uh, comped to? 80th or 79 percentile comp is uh, Jalen Naylor. So just thought that was interesting in the sense that, like, if the Vikings were looking for another guy that they liked last year in Jalen Naylor, Josh Downs could be a guy that they like because of some of those similarities in, in, in play style. Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, went to high school with Jalen Naylor. Fun Ooh. fact. Hey, that's a good the dots. That's a good one. That's a really good connect. We house we talked about DTR a lot. Relay. Like back they were football. on the same relay team and track. Fun fact. That's insane. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> Miles yeah. is tweeting it out right now. <laughs> he wants it. I, you know, guys. Matt, I don't no, know Matt's, Matt's going to tweet it out. No, I no, I'll retweet. Not. Jonathan Mingo as well. I I yeah. feel like yes. the NFL draft community start to catch on to him, but I mean, you look at top end speed, acceleration, explosive yeah. in and out of breaks, and you can get him going off of crossers, verticals, screens, choice routes, and he's fantastic as a blocker. He was used in line a lot as part of some of the stuff that they were doing schematically. They trusted him in a lot of different ways. Dealt with some shaky quarterback play last year. I was watching <laughs> film of him, and I'm like, man, if this guy had a little better quarterback play, his numbers probably would have been even better. But I'm high on Mingo, Downs. I like Jaden Reed a lot from Michigan State. Love, I think Love Jaden Reed. Well, I, was, with, I think we're going to replace you on this show. These are all the same names you're telling us. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bad quarterback play and scheme, that's what Jaden Reed dealt with. But mm-hmm. his footwork and his releases off the line, he's so good at getting open just with that initial aspect of the release with his footwork. And yeah. he can create in space, too. You get him the ball out there, uh, he can make a lot of plays happen. Rakeem Jarrett's another player that I've dug into that I think has some upside. Definitely has the traits, just needs some time to unlock it. And he was in a scheme where the ball was spread around a lot. Uh, Trey Palmer as well. I think I'm probably higher on Trey Palmer than a lot of people just because I watch the film and I go uh, acceleration in and out of breaks is the one thing that I look for. And he's so good at that. He's uh, flexible. He can drop his weight and and move out of speed cuts and different routes like that. Uh, Those are just a few guys. I know it turned into actually having a couple of Big Ten guys, but uh, they (laughs) definitely are players that I, I like a lot. Well, for yeah, Palmer, gives I like me, Trey Palmer too. I like Trey Palmer a lot. Does he give you guys like uh, Mike Wallace vibes? I don't. I don't. He's not as much of a burner, but he's he's that type of burner to me. I don't know if I watched I'm, him enough. I, maybe I haven't watched him enough. But like when I first saw him, I was like, Yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to come up with a a Trey Palmer comp. I mean, he's it is. yeah. He's, he's a different player in, in a sense, like he's very unique. And I, I, the reason I like him a lot is, is the speed, the explosiveness in and out of the breaks, but also he's got very good body control too. Uh, those are just a few of the traits that stand out. I also think, you know, another player that maybe wasn't in a great scheme or situation where if he was, you know, playing at, at another program and in the right type of scheme, uh, he could, he could have had even better numbers. So uh, yeah, definitely very high on Trey Palmer when I watched the film, and I got him ranked pretty high. They're very disappointed I didn't hear Marvin Mims, Daniel. Just very disappointed. 
I know one of my buddies is a huge Marvin Mims guy. I, you know, Marvin Mims is a solid player, explosive man. You, you able to just get him the ball in space. He wins vertically a lot. I just wish he was a little more detailed and refined as a route runner, but sure. You know, there's definitely upside there for sure. Yeah. Final question here for you before we round it out. And I, we need to get you back on before the draft so we can oh, just, yeah. just talk ball. But if, if you were in, the Vikings war room. They said, Daniel, who are we picking? I mean, we're, we're three weeks away, so subject to change. But who would you want at pick 23? Well, you know, here's the thing, you guys. It, it, it's hard to, like, put a, put a finger on what the Vikings are going to do right now because there's so many unanswered questions. Like, I usually go into the draft and go, I got, like, three guys or three positions that I think potentially could be an option. Mm-hmm. And this year I go, well, you, you don't know what's going to happen with Zadarius and Dalvin. We can infer that they'll they'll be gone, but, you know, we don't exactly know what the plan yeah. is. I would say that they will go wide receiver with the first pick just because it, it, you could see it was such a clear emphasis, you guys. Like making that move for Jalen Rager, trying to get some speed in there. With this offense, if you can get another receiver that's able to create separation and be dynamic – that you can get the ball to in space using the crosser game, uh, line up and, you know, bunch sets with Hawk and JJ, get another receiver in there that, it, you know, can create mismatches for you. I, I think that would be ideal. Um, you know, I don't know specifically, maybe they trade back and go for a Josh Downs. I would really like that if it were my, my decision. I would trade back and select Josh Downs. However, uh, I... <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it's corner Cam Smith from South Carolina. If I was staying at 23 and I'm going defense, Cam Smith is my pick because I have him right now as, as cornerback three because I watch his film and I love his movement skills. He's so fluid and smooth. Transition quickness is great. Makes plays on the ball, identifies routes super well. That's one of the things I noticed while watching him. I think he's a rock solid prospect that has man and zone ability, but would be very good in the Vikings man heavy scheme. So I'm going with Cam Smith at 23. If stay put, go defense, trade back for Josh. All right. Those are you know, one thing I can't house, man, and maybe you guys could talk, we talk about this quick. One thing I can't pinpoint with like Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings with wide receiver is what their type is, because it, besides the fact that like Jalen, Jalen Rager and Brandon Powell are very similar style receivers, gadget type, speed, speed, speed. Jalen Ayler is a speed guy. But they, I, I can't, like, pinpoint what type of receiver I'd expect them to, to target, especially early in a draft when there's a variety of guys. Like, there's the A.T. Perrys. There's the Jonathan Mingos with the big, like, ex-physical receivers. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the gad, – not, not just Gadget, but, like, the twitchy guys like the Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, Marvin Mims, like, those guys that have that twitch. I'm, I'm struggling to understand, like, where I think the Vikings might go if they go receiver early. What, like, what kind of – Guy, obviously, speed's going to be a big factor there, but like, what what their flavor is? I I think it'll be the speed, shifty, explosive type of skill set. Just because they already have Hawk, who's a big physical mismatch. They got JJ, who can move all over. Uh, they want to get another guy in here that's fast that can you know win off those crossers when teams are playing you know some man coverage, and also when they're doubling JJ, getting good matchups for that guy, get the ball out in space more, be able to create yards after the catch. So yeah. I I would lean toward the shifty explosive skill set over the the bigger receivers. 
And I also think that receiver might be a bigger priority earlier just because I think, you know, you look at like the first six guys, six, seven, eight guys that I like at receiver, then I feel like there's there's more of a drop-off. Yeah. So I would not be surprised at all if if the Vikings went receiver there just because, you know, I know a lot of people are going to say go corner right away. But, I mean, I watch these corners, and there are so many corners. It's that, so deep. I mean, and you look at what Brian Flores has done with, you know, player evaluation. He's got such a strong background in that side. Player development, being able to get the most out of guys that are maybe unheralded or don't didn't have that type of college production. Mm-hmm. I would lean toward unless there's a blue chip corner that falls all the way down that they'll probably go receiver there. But I wouldn't be even surprised if they went defensive line just because the defensive line group is definitely not uh, as deep as I typically would be accustomed to seeing. Miles, to answer your question, I think Kevin O'Connell kind of told us in his annual league meeting. Uh, media I missed that. I haven't watched that yet. I need to watch that. So, you know, he was he briefly touched on wide receivers and one of the th- you know, he kind of described the ideal receiver opposite Justin Jefferson. And it was one that was very complimentary player to him, but can win the one-on-one matchups great with the ball in their hands and really efficient after the catch. So when I think of that, that tells me Josh Downs, that tells me flowers, Flowers. like those are the kind of guys they're looking at. So um, yeah, I think he told us in plain sight, but we just kind of looked over it. Um, I'll also go watch that. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good point out. Thanks. Yeah. So anyway, Daniel, like I said, we're going to get you back on before the NFL draft because we can just talk for hours on these prospects. But before we go, um, tell the people where they can find you and and what you're working on before we round this out. You can check out my work at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. All my Gophers content, my business models shifted more toward the Gophers side of it on my subscription based website, gophersguru.com. But uh, also tweeting out NFL draft and Viking stuff out on the Twitter account as well. Dropping a couple articles here and there when I have time with the other business takes a lot of time, but uh, it's, it's, I love this time of year. So always yes. talk NFL draft. Absolutely. Well, thank you for hopping on everyone. Go follow him and also be sure to like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Ton more guests coming up, including next week, Devin Jackson, the Philly inquirer, Declan Goff score North, Damian Parsons, the Draft Network, and Alec Lewis of The Athletic. So a ton of Vikings and draft-related content soon to come. Until next time, Skull Vikings.